Have you heard that song? He's got the whole world in his hands. 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 Hey, I can add this. He's got the United States of America in his hands. He's got the United States of America in his hands. He's got the United States of America in his hands. He's got the whole world in his Hey, he's got you and me, brother, in his hands. He's got you and me, sister, in his hands. Yes, he's got the whole world in his hands. And I want to preach on that subject today. He's got the whole world in his hands. I love the story of the little girl. She couldn't sleep at night. She was scared. And she said to her daddy, said, Daddy, I'm scared. I can't sleep. He said to her, Honey, no need to be scared. God's, Jesus, he's awake. He doesn't sleep. And he's got everything under control. The little girl said to her daddy, said, Daddy, if Jesus is going to stay awake all night, then I don't need to. <laughs> Amen. Glory. You know what? He's got the whole world in his hands. And I know he's got the whole world in his hands. And maybe there's some of you that need today to understand he's got my life and your life in his hands. And therefore, we can trust in him. Speaking of that, I got a call not long ago. Uh, in fact, it was last Sunday. I got an email from a dear friend. And it stated, uh, back in August, I called a person who was in the hospital down in Florida. They were having open-heart surgery, and I'd been praying for this dear lady. She's uh, close to 70 or maybe right at that age. I'd prayed for her for about 25 years. And I called and uh, right before her surgery, and I said, I want to pray for you. She said, all right. And so we prayed together. I really sensed God just, just blessing that time of prayer. You know what I'm talking about? You ever sense when God just moves in and it's just glorious? Well, I finished praying with her and uh, said, uh, I'm going to be continuing to lift you up. Well, I hadn't heard from the family other than the surgery went well. And it was, like I said, just uh, last Sunday I got an email, and here's what the email said. It said, I just wanted to tell you that when, after you prayed for my sister, her life has changed. She's no longer the same. She is different. And that was about several months ago, by the way. And uh, when I got that, needless to say, my heart just said, praise the Lord. And I emailed her back, and this sister of the sister I prayed with, and said, you know, God is in the life-changing business. Yes, have you lost your peace these days? You want to get your peace back? I believe there's a lot of people today who've lost their peace. Things have happened, and uh, we're absolutely set back in trouble, aren't we? And I'm not just speaking of you. I'm speaking of everybody that's here today. Uh, yes, but I want to remind you how you can get your peace back today. 
the peace of God, the power of God, and the presence of God. Why? Because he's got the whole world in his hands. Take your Bibles. You know where we're going now. We're going to the book of Revelation. To turn, now we're going to go back to the first chapter. I had planned to go to the latter chapter, but then all these events began to unfold this week, and God led me back to go to the book of Revelation chapter 1. Turn there, please. As we consider today, and you're going to see very clearly how can you and I have peace when things are out of our control, number one. How can you and I have peace when things are out of, out of our control? We'll see that in a moment in the book of Revelation chapter 1, and namely verses 8 through 10. Then number two, how can you and I not only enjoy the peace of God when things are out of, out, out of our control, and I believe today things are out of your control. How many admit that things are out of your control? Let me see your hand. Come on now. I said things are out. Come on, come on. No, come on now. How many admit things are out of your control? You can't control what's going on. We want to control what's going on, but we can't control what's going on, and that's why we need God's peace today. Things are out of our control, and that's why God is calling us for this necessary, the peace of God. But there's a second wonderful way we can get back not only our peace of God, but number two, how can we experience the power of God, things that we can control? We'll see that in a moment, Revelation chapter 1, verses uh, uh, 10, well, actually uh, 11 through 16. And then number three, not only how can we enjoy the peace of God, when things are out of our control, and how can we experience the power of God, things that are in our control. And then finally, how can we expect the presence of God knowing that the Lord is in control? I'm looking at Revelation chapter 1. If you're there, stand up, please, as I read this wonderful text. Now, we're breaking right into Revelation 1. We've been studying this for a number of weeks, the book of Revelation. Therefore, I don't think I need to labor the introductory remarks other than simply saying that here we're introduced to this last book of the Bible, many believe written probably about 95 A.D. John is on this island. It's 13 square miles, uh, 10 miles long, 3 miles wide. It's off the coast of Asia Minor. We'll see that as he describes this. And uh, John is seeing the things that are and the things that will come hereafter, the past, the present, and the future. And so let's pick up, please, in verse number 8, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I like that, don't you? In fact, that word almighty is used nine times in the book of Revelation. It's only used one other time in the New Testament. The almighty. Nine times. Notice verse 9. I, John, who also am your brother and companion, notice, in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience 
of Jesus Christ was the owl that was called Patmos. For the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. John's uh, being persecuted. Hello. And so uh, we see some events uh, on the horizon. But that's all right. Notice verse 10. I was in the Spirit, capital S. I love that. Please underline that in your Bible. Please circle that. I was in the capital S, Spirit. And the word Spirit is the pneumatai. Pneumatology is where we get our word, the study of the Holy Spirit. I was in the Spirit. Now look what else he says. I love this. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Imagine. On the Lord's day. Let's say that together. On the Lord's day. One more time. And the Lord's day is the first day of the week, which is commemorating the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit. I got to stop right there. Everybody look up here just a minute. We'll come back to it. Are you in the Spirit today? Are you in the flesh today? Did you come to church today with the flesh? Or did you come to church today with the Spirit of God ruling and reigning in your heart? Well, that really helps us examine what we're going to get out of the service today. If we're consumed with the flesh, it's going to be hard to get what this. John said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. How many of y'all want to be in the Spirit today? Are you going to determine your heart? I'm not going to, all these things that have happened this week and all the disappointments yesterday and the day before and all the things that have happened can easily get us in the flesh instead of the Spirit. John says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Keep reading. I love that. And he said, I heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Verse 11, saying, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. That's the beginning uh, alphabet and the Greek uh, alphabet, little a, and the Omega is a horseshoe with the uh, ends on it. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book. And send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. Had the privilege of going to every single one of those churches, by the way. Notice verse 12. And I turned to see the voice. John sees. He's raptured up. He's got this great vision. I turned to see the voice that spake to me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And by the way, these seven golden candlesticks are lampstands. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One in the middle. Seven golden candlesticks or lampstands. And we'll find out what these are representative of. There are churches, these churches. Keep reading. He says in verse 13, and in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. Pause. It's like a long robe down to his ankles. He's got a belt on about the height of the bottom of his rib. That's what John sees right now. Now keep reading. In verse 14, his head and his hairs were white as wool. White as snow, and his eyes were a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, 
as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. Can you imagine? John, look what happens. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. In other words, my strength left me. I was just weakened. I fell at his feet as dead. And then notice, verse 17, he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, fear not, fear not. Say it with me. Fear not. Say it again. Fear not. Say it again. Fear not. Say it again. Say it one more time. God doesn't want us to live in fear. Doesn't it help you just to say, fear not. Talk to me. Oh, what comfort it brings my heart when I say, we don't have to live in fear. And that's the way the enemy is trying to keep us bound down, to keep us in fear. Fear not. Let's say it again. Fear not. God says it. Not pastor. God says it. I'm just repeating what the Lord said. Fear not. Look. I am the first and the last. Hallelujah. Fear not. Why are you afraid? Why have you been in fear? Why have you been in a turmoil? Fear not. I'm the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. Verse 18, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. And amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. Father, what a great word. What an encouraging word. What an comforting word. What a blessed word. Holy Spirit. Rapture us now in the Spirit, Father, as we'll wait upon you. Lord, you know what needs to be done in each of our hearts today. You know where we've taken our eyes off of you. You know where we've given in to the flesh. Maybe we've been depressed or, oh God, discouraged. Lord, I know there's a lot of people here today discouraged and maybe feeling distraught and feeling uh, all hope is lost. I thank you, Father. You're with us, and you said you've got the whole world in your hands. Hallelujah. And you got our best interests in mind, so we rest in the fact that you're our God and we're your children, and you will see us through no matter what we face. Hallelujah. So I pray you'll get glory and that your will will continue, our Lord, to be fulfilled because you hold the king's heart in your hand as the rivers of water turns it with us of the way it will. But, Lord, we need peace. And I'm praying not only for me, but for every single blood-bought, blood-washed child of God today. And those that aren't saved, that they'll come in a relationship with you. 
Lord, we pray now, don't let the enemy rob us of peace. Don't let the enemy, dear Lord, steal away your glorious presence that's abiding in us and with us and upon us. We reject the enemy's lies and thank you for your resurrection power to live in these days no matter what happens. I pray, God, that there'll be breakthroughs today. There'll be, mm, Father, anxieties and worries and cares replaced by the peace that passes understanding. And when all's said and done, we'll thank you for it because you are worthy. And we recognize your presence now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Here's where we're going in the text today. I've already shared with you. There are several places we're going to go in the text today. And I'm convinced that we need God's peace, His power, and His presence. A man asked me just the other day, one of our men in the church, he said, Pastor, if God's in control, why would God allow a ruler who believes in things that are contrary to the Word of God, why would he allow him to be a leader of this nation or anywhere else? Have you heard that? Have you thought that? Probably you have. Well, I was reminded the last time I read it is still in the book, and that is Romans 8 and 28. We know that all things work together for the good. And it doesn't say all things are good, Paul said, but we know that God said it'll work for our good. Hey, watch. Only to them who love the Lord. How many of y'all love the Lord? Do you love the Lord? God says there's nothing, absolutely nothing can happen to a child of God that he won't work it for our good. To them that love the Lord, to them that are called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, them he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. Now listen, there's a such thing as the permissive will of God and the perfect will of God. I'm saying this, that God is still in control. I'm saying this, now for the first time maybe, and I'm not saying this negatively, but maybe some of us who've been sitting here week after week after week after week since March and been studying the book of Revelation and thinking it had no really relevance or any application because maybe we were living in good times and so forth and so on and now all of a sudden we're realizing that the book of Revelation will and is coming to pass and now all of a sudden we're seeing how things can change so suddenly and so for that I rejoice and give God glory. Hey look, hang in there soldier. Don't give up. Don't give, uh, uh, give, uh, uh, just keep giving out. Don't give in that is. Hey, how can we have peace? And everybody here needs the peace of God. The peace of God. It's easy to rejoice in the Lord when things are going good. Oh yeah, it's one thing to sing and be happy when we're getting our way. But when things don't go our way, that's when we need God's peace like never before. Oh yes, I'm afraid to say sometimes, and this is what the Lord spoke to my heart about last Wednesday, uh, of this matter of prayer. Prayer is not getting God to do what I want Him to do. Hear me. Prayer is not getting God to do what I want Him to do. Prayer is getting me to get in on the will of God of what He wants to do. And we think prayer and we have been blessed. How many know we've been blessed? We've been blessed beyond measure, and if we're not careful, our blessings can just keep coming, and we can just keep telling God, I want more blessings, more. And next thing you know, we get this, we don't intend to, to, 
to act as if God is all about me, meet my needs, meet my thing, and it's about me. And I think God has a way sometimes of waking us up to realize it's not about me and what I want God to do. It's what God will do and what He wants to do, and therefore He can give me the grace and give you the grace and the peace to accept and to rise above. I say rise above. I say this is going to separate the men from the boys. Can I get a witness? And I'm telling you, God's calling us to be soldiers, not wimps, because this is where we better buckle up because we are going for a rough ride, but that's what the Lord Jesus has called us to be soldiers of the cross. And therefore, we don't need to run from the enemy and we don't need to get mad. We need to get glad because if we let the enemy have his way, we can get a bad attitude. Can I get a witness? Hey, look. Here's the deal. We can't help wrinkles getting on our face, but we can help wrinkles getting on our heart. And I don't want wrinkles on my heart. I'm battling this just like everybody else is, but God says we can have his peace. And I'll tell you, there's three absolutes, three absolutes from our text today. In order to have the peace of God, when things are out of our control, when things are out of our control, how can I have the peace of God? Right now, how many would admit things are out of your control? I want you to hear me, please. He's got the whole world in his hands. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? And not just when things go our way, he's still in control. Now notice, here in the text, in Revelation chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. How can we have peace, the peace of God, when things are out of our control? Three absolutes. Write them down, please. Number one, do you know Jesus Christ? Do you trust Jesus Christ because of who he is? Do you? Do you know Jesus Christ? I didn't ask if you know about him. I said, do you really know him? Do you trust him because of who he is? Number one. The second absolute, that's found in verse 8. We'll read it in a moment. Number two. Listen. Do you know Jesus Christ? Do you trust Jesus Christ? His purpose and plan for your life. I can't hear you. He's got a plan for your life. He's got a purpose for your life. Do you trust him? We'll see it in verse 10. Really, verse 9. Number three, the third absolute. If we're going to have the peace of God, we've got to know Jesus Christ. And we've got to know and trust he is who he said he is. Number two, the second way we can have the peace of God. Please don't miss this. If you miss this, you're going to go out and the devil's going to eat your lunch. and You're going to stay mad and bitter. And the more you watch the news and the more you talk about it and the more people think about it, you're going to be robbed of victory. I've determined in my heart by the grace of God, I don't want the enemy to win. But he's going to if we don't take necessary steps to assure us that we overcome. And God's laid them out. 
We'll just need to follow it. Here's God's instruction book. Number three, will you be in the Spirit right now? If you're in the flesh, you're going to come into church today and leave the same way you came in. But if you're in the Spirit, God is going to minister to you. God is going to lift burdens from you. God's going to give you the proper perspective. How many right now need to say, Lord, get me out of the flesh. Yes, I've been angry. Yes, I've been disappointed. Yes, I've been depressed. Yes, I have been uh, developing a bad attitude. And yes, I'm finding myself complaining. So God, I know that I can't please you and I can't have your presence and your peace on my life if I grieve your Holy Spirit. Lord, whatever you got to do, Bring me into a right relationship with you today. Will you pray that right now? Don't be deceived. Don't, don't think that, that you hadn't had a bad attitude. Don't think that we hadn't all been uh, set back. And, and if we don't pray things through, we'll let the enemy rob us. Oh, we can shout today in church, but when we get in our home and turn on the television and when we start talking with our friends, that old ugly attitude will come on us again. By the way, You know, when you have a bad attitude, you can make others around you miserable. Nobody wants to be around somebody with a bad attitude. Can I get a witness? And so if you've got a bad attitude today, I'm telling you, you're going to make a mess with your loved ones, with our loved ones and our friends. That's why we need to get with God today. I'm not just coming up here, uh, you know, uh, for popularity contests, I'm telling you, this is what we've got to do as a church. I've been burdened. For me, personally, I've been really seeking the Lord since this thing, and you as well. And that's one thing to have a nonchalant attitude. It's another thing to get in on what God's doing. Hey, number three, we've got to be in the Spirit. Notice right here, quickly, we can, how can we enjoy the peace of God when things are out of our control? Verses, one, uh, verses 8 and 10, and I've already shared this, how can we experience the power of God? when things we can control. We can control. There's some things we can control. Hey, look, look, look. There's some things out of our control. There's some things we can control. And God's saying right now, you can control if you'll surrender and yield to the Holy Spirit of God. A man, I talked with him this week, and he told me this. He said, Pastor, he said, uh, about 10 years ago, I was praying that God would open up a door for another opportunity, full-time opportunity, and uh, he said, I, I just was miserable. I, I was frustrated. I was irritated. And he said, finally, I came to the place. Don't miss this. He said, finally, I came to the place where I surrendered. I surrendered. I, 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 I said, Lord, whatever, wherever I'm at, I want to be content. Whatever your will is, I accept it. He said, only then, after fighting it for weeks and months, until I surrendered to the will of God, there was not a door open. But when I surrendered to the will of God, a door opened. Right when I said, Lord, it doesn't matter, just to serve you and love you. And he reminded me of that. He told me that. Me, he and I prayed a lot about a home for this individual. He didn't have a home at the time. The Lord put it in my heart to pray that God give him a home. Well, guess what? God gave him a home. Hallelujah. 
And yet he had to come to a place where he had to surrender to the will of God. Question, have you done that? Are you at the place right now in your life where you said, Lord, there's some things I can't change. There's some things I can't con control. Number one, I believe if we're going to have God's peace, enjoy his peace in these days, number one, we got to know Jesus and not just know about him, but know him and trust him because of who he is. Look at verse 8 again. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. See, Jesus, this, none of this has caught him by surprise. He didn't have to call an eternal council of the Godhead meeting, an emergency meeting. No, no, no. If the Lord has got the whole world in his hands, that means he's got my life in his hands. That means I, there's some things I can't control. But there's, there's some things that God is, uh, all things he is in control. And, and in other words, he's called the worthy lamb. He's called the bridegroom of the church. He's called the alpha and the mega. He's called the son of the living God. We open the Bible and find out he's the rock of our salvation. Oh, yes. He, he's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. He's called the man of sorrows. He's the mediator of the new covenant. He is the true living vine. He, he is victory, and he always causes us to triumph in victory. We're talking about Jesus Christ, who's the Passover lamb. He's the quietness of rest. Oh, yes, he is uh, the lamb of God and the light of the world. He's the day star from on high. He's the creator of heaven and earth. He is uh, the firstborn from the dead. He's the fountain of all life. He's our healer. He's our helper. He's our hope. Yes, Jesus Christ he's the one who's in control hallelujah do you know him not just about him if you don't know him that's the first step to having peace the peace of God is to know and trust Jesus because of who he is yes when we open the Bible we find out John saw him in his glorified state. We'll talk about that in a moment. Do you secondly know him and trust him, his purpose for your life? Look what John wrote in the next verse, verse 9. The second absolute is this. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation. You mean John had to go through some stuff? Yep. You mean the other disciples had to go through some stuff? Yep. You mean many of them uh, all of them died because of their faith in Jesus? Yes. Except for John, who was thrown in a pot of boiling caldron oil only to escape his life and then ultimately exiled to the Isle of Patmos where he suffered immensely under the Roman emperor named Domitian and yet God used the suffering in his life. Sometimes we lose perspective of the God of the Bible. Do you understand the purpose for God in your life? Lord, the, the Lord God hadn't called us to a life of comfort, ease, and pleasure. The last time I read it, he's talked about a cross and us taking up a cross, which means death to ourselves. 
He said in the world you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And then Paul said this, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Now listen, John's talking about the tribulation, not just bad things that happen to you. No, no. He's not talking about just standing in line for a long line at Walmart. No, no. He's not talking about that. He's not talking about the little inconveniences we face every day. He's talking about being persecuted because of his faith in Jesus Christ. Now, how many of y'all believe that persecution is headed our way? I say more persecution is headed our way. And that's all right. Bring it on. I said bring it on. I said it's not going to be easy, but thank God in Jesus Christ, he's going to be with us. He said I won't leave you nor forsake you. He said said, I'm going to pull you through. Yes, we hadn't got this thing figured out, but I know this. I know it's, I'd be rather, I'd rather to be with Jesus in the fire like the three Hebrew boys, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. I'd rather be in the fire with Jesus than outside the fire without him. So church, hear me. Have we decided we're going to go through the fire? Have we decided I'm not going to tuck tail now? Have we decided we're not going to pull up our anchors. We're here to stay, thank God. God's with us and the purpose of God and the calling of God and the great commission of God has not changed. And we say by the grace of God, we've been through many toils and dangers and yet His grace has brought us safe thus far and I say His grace is going to lead us home. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. The word tribulation, by the way, is the word thalipsis. It means pressure. I know we've been experiencing that, but if you'll notice, he uses three words I want to draw to your attention. Number one, tribulation. Number two, kingdom. Number three, patience. First, I've already alluded to the tribulation. He said, for example, Paul wrote in Romans chapter 5, he said, tribulation worketh patience. And patience experience. And experience hope. That's Romans chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. In other words, the Lord says, what the devil means for evil, I'm going to use it for good in your life. I'm going to build faith in you. I'm going to build real mountain-moving faith. I'm going to cause you to walk in doing great exploits. I'm telling you the Lord said that sometimes, look, uh, the, heat, the old tea bag isn't any good until it gets in hot water. And God's saying this to us as a church and to Christians, stand strong. We're the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. Out of our innermost being flows rivers of living water. And the truth has set us free. Thanks be to God. God's called us such a time as this. Yes, and so may God help you and me, no matter what we face, no matter where we go, that thank God our citizenship is in heaven and the best is yet to come so have you already decided you're going to follow Jesus no matter what the word kingdom has to do with the kingdom to come that is the literal physical kingdom which will come when Christ comes again not in the rapture we studied that at the snatching away the catching away first Thessalonians 4 16 and 17 but rather the kingdom will come after the tribulation seven years according to Daniel chapter 9 verse 27 and immediately at the conclusion of the seven years 
Christ will come again. No man knows the hour, only the Father in heaven. Matthew 24, 36. We know it's later than it's ever been. But I'm telling you, when Jesus comes again, as in Zechariah 14, 4, his feet shall stand upon the Mount of Olives, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave into from the east to the west, and there shall be a great valley. We're talking about Christ coming in the clouds. If you'll notice in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7, John said, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. He's talking about when Christ comes, not only in the rapture, but in his second coming. When he comes, we'll come back with him. As depicted in Revelation chapter 19, John said, I saw heaven open. And he, I saw a, Heaven open, he said. And Jesus is pictured on a white horse. And then John said, I saw the armies which followed him on white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword. He shall smite the nations. He that treads upon the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. Hey, y'all, listen to me. I'm going to make a statement. You can agree with me or you don't have to agree with me. I see the word of God being fulfilled. We've been a friend to Israel for the last four years. How many know what I'm talking about? Things are probably subject to change. I've read in the book where a number of nations are going to come against Israel. Have you all read it in the book? We've talked about it. I read in the paper today where the Palestinian Authority congratulated uh, Vice President uh, Joe Biden on his new election. Did you hear me? The Palestinian president. All I'm saying is this. The word of God is going to be fulfilled. We don't always understand it. I can't always figure it out. But I know this. Oh, yes. The patience of Jesus Christ. That word patience is the word hupomene. By the way, that kingdom will come after Christ comes. He'll inaugurate his kingdom. And he'll literally sit on his throne in Jerusalem. His kingdom, there shall be no end as depicted and described in Isaiah 11, Isaiah 65, where the lion shall lay down with the lamb. And where there'll be 1,000 years where Satan will be bound. According to one angel, will bind him. And only to be loosed at the end of that 1,000 years as Revelation chapter 20 and verse 7, excuse me, describes. And then, then, and that conclusion, there'll be a great white throne judgment. But I'm saying this, that's the reference to the kingdom to come. Oh yes, God's universal kingdom is now, but his physical kingdom, please note, it's not now. Jesus is not on earth. He's not on his throne. He has not fulfilled the Abrahamic covenant, the Davidic covenant, the land covenant, the new covenant, but he will. And therefore, John says, in patience. Now, I want you to know a couple of things. Number one, the word hupomene. Write these words down. Do you know, and I did not differentiate between the two words, endurance and perseverance. Do you know the difference in endurance and perseverance? Endurance can be described as survival when you're suffering with pain. Endurance. Bearing under. But there's a different meaning to the word perseverance. The word perseverance means you're bearing under when you're suffering. I'm talking about persecution. I'm talking about suffering physically and spiritually or emotionally or whatever else. And I'm not talking about sin, of course. But, but perseverance is 
is surviving not only when you're under pressure, but watch, it's doing something about it. It's, it's, it's persevering. It's being steadfast. It's enduring. It's, it's moving forward. See, there's a lot of people when you get knocked down, they stay down. They don't want to serve God or want to be where the Lord wants them to be. But God says, hey, look, times are changing. The wind's blowing. And yes, there are some troubling signs on the horizon as far as not only from a spiritual perspective, but there's some who speculate. Let me throw this out, and you can agree with me if you want to. You don't have to. I was reading this morning early, just briefly after my devotion. If you've got a 401K or some type of retirement plan, you need to start praying about it. That's all I'm going to say about it, okay? Do you hear me? As your pastor, I'm telling you, if you've got a 401K plan or a retirement plan, you need to start praying about wisdom where God will have you invest. Can I get a witness? Just need to, you need to do your research, do your homework, do your research. That's all I'm going to say about it, Okay? Wise as serpents, harmless as doves. Yes, God gives us wisdom. It's God that gives power to get wealth. Deuteronomy 8.18. We don't love money. The love of money is the root of all evil. However, the Lord wants us to use wisdom to know how to invest the resources he's given us. Can I get somebody to say amen? Oh, yes. Why? So we can be a blessing to others. I hope you're taking note what I just said. All right, I'm going to leave that. Perseverance, patience of Jesus Christ, who was on the Isle of Patmos, how can we have the peace of God when things are out of control? Hey, are you in the Spirit on the Lord's day? Capital S, are you in the Spirit on the Lord's day? John was. Now, I'm going to jump to number two and three, and I'll be done in just a few moments. Number one, how can we enjoy the peace of God when things are out of control? I need the peace of God. It passes all understanding. And there's some of you that need the peace of God. We prayed for a man last Sunday. He scheduled you to have kidney transplant this coming Friday. November the 13th. His name, John Ashland. We've been praying for John over a year. He had a kidney donor about a year ago as we prayed for him. However, circumstances changed and the door closed on that particular donor. A year later, fast forward, today, November the 8th, 2020. John now has a donor. He's scheduled to have this surgery done this coming Friday. How many are going to pray for John? Kidney transplant. We're talking about enjoying the peace of God. And then how can we experience the power of God when things we can control? I'm going to summarize. John sees Jesus. His hair is white as wool. His eyes are a flame of fire. He has a robe down to his ankles. He's got a belt to the bottom of his ribcage, according to the Greek rendering of the language. And his face is as the sun shining in its brightness. And out of his mouth is the sound of many waters. John sees the glorified Christ. He's not on the cross anymore. He's not in a tomb anymore. Oh no. His feet are like they've been in a furnace like brass. John, he looks to Jesus. Here's what I want you to remember. If we're going to experience the power of God with things we can't control, 
How many know we need to look to Jesus today? Right now. Look unto him, all you ends of the earth, and be saved. Isaiah 45, 22. Oh, yes, look and live. Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That's John chapter 3 and verse 14. And in the context of the book of Numbers 21, the serpents were biting the people until Moses uh, put that brass serpent on a pole and lifted it up. And when the people looked, they lived. Look and live. Oh, we would see Jesus. Can I tell you this? We don't need to see a preacher today. We don't need to see a pastor today. We don't need to see a pope today. We don't need to see a priest today. We need to see Jesus. That's what we need to see, Jesus. John saw Jesus. Will you look to him now? Will you trust in him now? There's a lady sitting here today that last Sunday morning when she left, she said, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. And we're going to pray for her in just a moment. She said, and I did not know until last Sunday, as we stood out there under the portico, she said, I've been diagnosed with kidney failure, stage four, I believe, or I heard three this week, but you told me four, I believe, Kathy. She said, I need prayer. Kathy Meeks is sitting right here this morning. And then I got a text message this week that, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I hope you do, I asked you if it was all right to share this, so you gave me permission. You were scheduled for dialysis in January was the last report I got. Is that correct? Dialysis in January. Needing a kidney transplant. How many believe we can talk to the Lord about that? We can pray and ask God to... Work it out for his glory. We can experience the power of God, things we can control, and we can pray. Hallelujah. Last but not least, how can we expect the presence of God because God is in control? In Revelation 1, 17 and 18, John, <laughs> he fell. He fell. He fell as a dead man. Have you ever been in the presence of God where you almost couldn't help but fall down? Have you? God's real. Look at me. God is real. And if the Lord ever manifests his glory in your presence, every one of us will fall as dead people. He's not a figment of our imagination. He's not a character somewhere thousands and hundreds of thousands of miles away. Jesus is real. And there are not many occasions, but there are, listen to me, there are occasions when the Lord will show up and he'll show out. It's then and even now that we should fall down as John did and worship him. John fell as a man who had no life in him. And Jesus said this, fear not, phobia. What are you afraid of? Face your fears. Fight your fears. Forget your fears. Watch this. Fight your fears. Feed your faith. Will you feed your faith? Not, not if, what if, what if this happens, and 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 what if this happens. All that is conjecture and speculation. Instead of let's not say what if, let's say even if this happens, I'm going to trust God. That's victory, brother. That's victory, sister. Even if it I can't figure it out. I'm going to believe God 
is going to see me through it. Jesus Christ is going to see me through it. So he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got me and you in his hands. How many need the peace of God today as you stand to your feet and need the presence of God and the power of God? Maybe there's some of us today that truth be known, let's be honest with God, that I talked with a man just Friday, 21 years old. He said, Pastor, I grew up in the church. I went to church every time the doors were open. My mom was in the church. My grandparents were in the church. My grandmother taught. I was in the church all the time. He said, but I didn't really have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I just went through the motions. 21 years old. He said, it was not until I had a four-wheeler accident and I hit my head and my brain started bleeding. I was in spinal center up at Shepherd for four months. He said, it was not until last year that after going through all that I went through that I realized Jesus Christ was who he said he was. And it was then, he said, that I cried out to God. I cried out to Jesus to save me, forgive me. And he said, last year I was baptized. 21 years old. What's his name? Joseph Hooper, in case you might know him. What about you today? Do you have God's peace? Have you been troubled? Not what if, but even if. I think every Christian ought to be praying this morning, praying for our families, praying for our nation, praying for each other as a church, our brothers and sisters. Listen, this is a time for us to come together like never before. Stand together. In the name of Jesus Christ, you can't fight this battle alone. So what about it? There's some things you can't control. But there's some things you can control. We need to know that God is in control. Let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for, oh, Lord, your peace is desperately needed. That state of rest, no matter what's going on, I pray for, Lord, I'm looking at our men and our, our ladies. Lord, I know many of them are in the fires. I pray sustain us, oh, God. Fortify us. Lift us up. Clothe us with your armor. Bring us, Lord, into victory. Oh, Lord, mentally, emotionally, physically and spiritually in every other way. Thank you. Thank you that you are on your throne. And you know every hair on our head. Hallelujah. So, Lord, pull us through these days. And change lives. We love you and give you glory now. In Jesus' name, amen.